0: Cooking Issues. This is Dave our your host of Cooking Issues, coming to you live from Newsstand Studios at Rockefeller Center. Joined, as usual, with Nastasia, oh, Hammer Lopez. How you doing, Stas? Good. Yeah, we got Joe Hazen here in the booth with us. How you doing?
1: I'm doing great. How are you?
0: All righty. And we have, uh, also as usual, uh, our trusted associate,
2: John. How you doing? Doing great, thanks. Back, uh, you know,
0: we didn't do, We have we done an episode since you were back?
2: We did the special MRE episode, right, We'll, we'll but, yeah.
0: talk about that in a minute. And we don't have... Uh, Jackie Molecule's on the air today, but he is streaming it out to you live, so if you have any live questions and you're a follower of our Patreon, uh, call in to 917-410-1507. That's 917-410-1507. Uh, and, um, one other note about our Patreon, uh, we weren't here, uh, last week, but, uh, hold a second, we're getting a little bit of an echo. Is it, do you have the live feed up on that computer at the same time, John? Oh, I do. Yeah.
2: Sorry, I was trying to be in the chat room. Hey,
0: for any of you who remember what it used to be like to listen to live radio, Nastasia is the only—I think—the only person on Earth who still listens to live radio. Is that true, Nastasia? Me
3: and musicians and rock stars. So,
0: what's in the difference between a musician and a rock star? <laughs>
3: well, I'm like, well, you could be. You a mean musician, classical but musicians, not a
0: rock star? So, what classical musicians do you know who listen to live music? Classical musicians. Well, in other words, like, what's a musician who's not a rock star? I mean, you're talking about your friend Pat. You're talking about our like our people favorite that aren't
3: rock stars. But so, Pat listens to live music. Y- yes. Friend
0: of the show, Pat. Yeah. Our favorite didgeridooist. hmm And uh, what were we going to make him? A t-shirt that says? I don't know. don't. <laughs> didgeridoo Don't do it. Although, have you ever heard him play the didgeridoo? Yeah. Isn't he good?
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as good as you is. can be yeah, for... Exactly. Rah,
0: rah. Yeah. Uh, okay, I don't mean to insult a whole culture's music. It's a terrible idea. I take it all back. Uh, speaking of insulting a whole culture's music, I was listening on my bike ride up. I'll do my weekly bike ride recap. Uh, Boston. Estasi and I love listening to Boston. Is that mm-hmm. not true? Yes. We, bo- uh, we love listening to Boston. I'm not going to bring up the whole Delp thing, but I also like listening. So, for those of you who think that all of Boston is crappy, there is crappy Boston and great Boston, and I, I, I like both crappy Boston and great Boston. I was listening to that song, Stasi. you remember it? Rock and roll band? Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. another band out of Hyannis. Mm-hmm. And, for those of you that don't know, Schultz, who's the guitarist, right? And I think they were all freakishly tall, and Delp was normal height, but he looked short on the album cover because everyone else was tall. Anyway, Schultz, who made all of his own effects. Uh, so, Joe, did he invent, like, a chorus effect? Because, like, you know, Delp's got this kind of high voice, but in the, the, the rock and roll band is about them going out to Hyannis on Cape Cod. For those of you that don't know the East Coast, like, if you're from the Boston, even New York area, like, everyone kind of empties onto Cape Cod. It's kind of a thing in the, in the summer. And so when he... He has the thing about these record people coming, and he says, "Sign the record company contract." Can you hear that in your in your head, Stas, When he goes, "Sign the record company yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, contract," yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. but it's like yeah. it's like three delps at once. Did they invent a chorus effect just to have? Because I don't think that was like common at the time, right? Do you know anything about that, Joe?
1: I'm not sure. Anyway, I want I want to always <laughs> it have. It all comes from that uh, was it the the jazz chorus uh, amplifier? Usually the really good chorus.
0: Yeah, I mean I'm sure you know Schultz had only the best. Only the best chorus effects, which he probably built in his mom's basement, which is how he did all that stuff. Anyway, so, like, I wish I could have, like, do you remember the movie I'm Gonna Get You, sucker?
3: I've no. never seen it,
0: but, yeah, I know what it is. All right. So in that movie, one of the best things is, is they actually had musicians following the people around playing the theme songs. So Fishbone actually was walking behind the pimp character playing the stuff. I kind of wish I had, like, a miniature, like, ghost of... Delp floating behind me, just like screaming Boston lyrics at all times. Wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah. yeah.
2: That'd
0: be great. That'd be great. Uh, all right. So uh, for those of you that are members of our Patreon, oh, and Jack's not here. He has the Patreon list for the shout out. Do we have it? Can we get the, this week's Patreon list for the end of the show? Um, last week we didn't do a show, but to keep you guys not hanging, for Patreon only people, we, have, uh, we, we did a tasting of Chinese MREs versus we have Chinese MREs versus uh, American MREs, and I have to say, you'll have to join to listen to it. The Chinese MREs kicked our behinds, yeah. right, guys? Yeah. I mean, shockingly good. I mean, really, like quite good. Like I would eat that stuff. Back me up on this, people. Yeah,
3: completely. Yeah, tasted like really a delicious. Food cart.
0: Yeah, and the American MREs, I have to say, they were a little bit expired. Didn't even really heat that much. Didn't heat that much. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I wanted to like the American MRAs. All right, listen. I hear we have a caller. Caller, you're on the air. Hmm. Mm. Hey, there you go. What's up?
1: You hey, got- everybody. Uh, Josh from Norfolk here.
0: Hey, how you doing? You got to turn down your background a little bit.
1: Oh, sorry.
0: It sounds like you're listening to better? experimental music, which I like. Are you like a John Cage fan? <laughs>
4: we're i'm in the in the restaurant office right now oh nice
0: Beautiful. all right cool awesome what's up
4: uh so we want to make candied peanuts okay.
1: with like coca-cola as the base um, we're running into like a slight issue getting the coverage right we want like kind of a uh like a you know thin candy shell on uh on them mm-hmm. we got access to everything um including like induction and stuff like that so
0: I'm just looking for, uh, you know, some advice on the best methods best method to make these nuts. Oh, you, you, you want me? These nuts. You knew I had to do it. You knew it had to happen. You did that on purpose. In fact, you're not even making Coca-Cola covered peanuts. You just wanted to have that happen. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, so, I, I li- promise it's both. Listen, so are you having a problem with it not getting hard versus other uh, recipes that you're using? Is that the problem? Because if that is, I think I have the solution.
1: That is
0: exactly the problem. Here, here's the problem I believe you're having. You are, you, in order to get a crispy shell on the outside, you need to have uh, the sugar not invert, right? So if the sugar inverts too much, what's going to happen is you're going to – it's never going to harden. Now, first of all, the high fructose corn syrup that's in Coca-Cola is like – it's going to make it soft as heck from the beginning. In fact, that's the kind of stuff that I would add to uh, things to keep them from crystallizing, right? So that's going to inhibit you right there. But if you add sugar—so Coca-Cola is roughly 10% sugar, let's say, give or take. So if you're going to reduce that all the way down, to get it, or even if you start with a syrup, right— it's also very high acid, and the phosphoric acid that's in the Coca-Cola is going to invert whatever sucrose you add and going to make it a lot softer and harder to get it to crystallize. So I want to say, um, like, I don't know if you can just buy the flavors of Coca-Cola without the acid and add the acid at the last minute, or, or else, like, do your candy syrup, take it all the way down, and then add the Coke-flavored syrup at the last minute Or just completely dehydrate the Coke down to dust, right? And then after you dehydrate the Coke down to dust, like maybe add some solids to it like maltodextrin or something so that there's some solids for the stuff to dehydrate onto so it doesn't scorch down, right? Then make your standard candy coating and then as it's setting, toss it in the Coke dust. And because you might not want it to get that much sweeter, you could add a little bit of hard non uh sweet sugars to it like maybe some isomalt or something like this or something that's going to reduce the sweetness or maybe just the fact that you've added a maltodextrin carrier is going to be enough but i think that's going to get around your problem i think it's the fact that you have the hfcs and the fact that you have uh, a lot of acid during your boil that's causing it not to set up Does that sound like it might be the answer
1: yeah definitely we uh we, in- we figured the high fructose was the problem yeah and then uh, you save us the step of tracking down Mexican Coke by letting us know, you know, a couple episodes ago that it's all the same damn stuff.
0: Well, okay. So, uh, what what the CEO of Coca Cola said when he told me that it all tastes the same is that, yes, they do sometimes use sucrose, but like they've, they've organized it to all taste the same and that no one can really tell the difference anyway. Your mileage may, may vary. Uh, I believe that there is Mexican Coke with sugar in it, although I have to say, I've never looked at the ingredient label because. I don't drink sugarful non-alcoholic beverages. I'm either drinking an alcoholic beverage or I'm drinking seltzer. And there is no other beverages for me. Those are the only two things. Gotcha. All right, let us know how it works out. Send us a, send us a, what's it called? Joe, you got another call? Caller, you're on the air.
1: Hello?
0: Hey, how you doing? Hi,
4: this
0: Dave. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Is that an inside bird or an outside bird that you have going there? I hear a bird and Nastasia whenever she has birds in the background on calls it's like some like vicious seagull that's trying to like murder her. But like is that an inside?
4: <laughs> uh, no, it's uh it's it's it, um, a couple woodpeckers but um, Oh my god, listen. Better?
0: I hate woodpeckers. Do you like woodpeckers? Oh my god. My I mean, my nephew likes them. He's like, like they the have idea honor. Of them, Ugh, but- god, woodpeckers. <laughs> Are they like little sap suckers that are going to put like a zillion holes in all your trees? Or are they those nasty piliated suckers that are like pop 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 that like put is giant? The, holes?
4: It, it's the 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 yellow belly yellow bellied sap sucker, I think.
0: You know, is um, there is there any worse thing to call someone than a yellow bellied sap sucker? And plus, they're so puny, they're sitting there just knocking all these holes in your tree. I don't get it. I, I don't could get it.
4: think of worse things to call someone, but considering it, it's a uh, yeah. family program.
0: Yeah. All right. There you, <laughs> go. there you go. All right. So what's what's your what's your cooking issue?
4: <clears throat> so, okay. So COVID has messed up a lot of people, and the like. And I and I remember you had an episode where you were speaking to a friend of yours who studied this very very intensely, like agusmia, uh, um paraguismia, and osmia, etc. And I have an idea that I think might, might actually help a lot of people. I just wanted to know your, uh, your take on it, which is, um, <clears throat> uh, so, e- e- Gymnemic acid and miracle berry. My idea is microdosing on those to try to kind of, like, kickstart, you know, your brain reconnoitering how it um, assesses smell and taste. Do you think that that's a, a worthy endeavor?
1: Well, I, uh,
0: I mean, have, uh, first of all, I would never recommend that anybody take gymnemic acid. Other than so, for those of you that don't know or you know haven't heard us talk about it before, gymnemic acid is a compound uh, that is developed from leaves. So you actually you buy a leaf powder, you eat it. It tastes like the bottom of a rabbit's cage. And, yeah, it's uh, awesome. it's disgusting stuff. It like, oh my God, <laughs> it's so gross. But what it does is for about 20, 30 minutes, like literally erases your ability to taste sweet things. Right. Literally yeah, eras- it, it, erases it, your it, ability to taste sweet things. So much so. And As use, opposed to Miracle Berry. Right. Yeah, sorry, sorry, go on. Yeah, but nobody likes it. So, like, in other words, like, I remember, like, uh, in mm-hmm. classes I used to teach, we used to give the genomic acid to people so that they could mentally understand what it was like to not have, the, the, be able to taste sweet which is useful in terms right. of texture analysis and stuff like that. But, you know, occasionally right. we would have people, like, cry. And they'd be like, am I going to be this way forever? This is, I'm ruined. I'm destroyed. Right. Like, you know what I
4: mean? Like with honey honey and whatnot. Right? Yeah, it's just yeah.
0: nuts. So, but the Miracle Berry, I think more people know about the Miracle Berry, um, you know, it, it, what it does is it tricks you into thinking that, you know, things that are sour are sweet. I don't really know um, – I haven't studied it. I have to talk to, you know, the people that we had uh, on that day. I think we had we had really? Harold, we had Bob, uh, and we had Ariel on, I think. Um Bob, that's right. Yeah, right. Bob Data from Harvard. And uh I mean, I'd have to ask him, but you know, you know, I know that like um I know that a lot of people had kind of more you know drug induced mystical experiences with miracle berry kind of parties than I ever did I was always more kind of cold analytical thinking about it but I don't know how and that's, that's uh, you know people how I think. am as well yeah yeah I don't know I mean, I, I'll ask him. I mean it's
4: just, just for me like it's it's I mean I'm I'm you know I'm a professional cook and <clears throat> it's it's so much so that like 90% of the time I really can't taste anything or it tastes like garbage And, um, I I know that there's certain programs that people use where like they buy like, um, like infused oils and whatnot to try to like, you know, re re you know, trick their brain back into it. Yeah. And I looked into it. The problem is I'm, I'm not a professor. And so I'm barred from, you know, all the, the other scientific literature. Okay. Well, first of all, like, I'm not going to tell you
0: to do this. I'm not going to tell you to do this. So don't I'm not recommending that you look up SCI dash h-u-b. Don't go look up Sci Hub. Okay. And then assuming you haven't gone to look up Sci-Hub, right? Then don't go to Google Scholar and search for anything that you want that's behind a paywall. Definitely don't find what's called the DOI, the DOI number. Definitely don't copy and paste the entire DOI string into the Sci-Hub page that you haven't opened and hit go. Don't do that because you might accidentally download uh, scientific literature that was formerly behind a paywall.
4: Uh, don't worry, I wasn't listening to anything you just said. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, if, okay, so thank you. and. Is, is there any way do, – do you have the contact info of, of Ariel or, or uh, Dr. Bob such that I could maybe reach out to them?
0: Reach out to John uh, on our uh, customer service line after the show, okay. and we'll, we'll see what we can do. All righty? sir. Sure. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you so much for calling in. All right. So uh, where was it? Back to patrons. We haven't even started. We haven't even answered any, any questions yet. I actually want to give a, a shout-out. Uh, are you guys Spanish cooking fans, by the way? you like you like you like so my mom for some reason my mom during pandemic so like right before the pandemic we got rid of the house in that i used to have in connecticut so all of my outdoor cooking gear i just dropped onto my mom's deck right before the pandemic so my mom now went from having almost no outdoor cooking game she went ape during the pandemic i mean crazy like so now she not she only has my tandoor on her deck right she's got not one ready for it Two paella cookers. Have you guys seen these outdoor paella cookers? No. They are in nuts. They are crazy, dude. And my mom's always like, oh, do you think that this, like, you're, my mom is like more mellow. She has a regular human being stove, right? A regular human being hood, like regular human being everything. And then she's like, did you, I got this paella cooker. So I'm assuming it's going to be some, I mean, no offense, ma, sack of garbage, right? But I go out there and the the, the ring burner on it is the size of a professional paella pan. It's like, how big is that, John? Is that like 20 inches across? Twenty? It's like
2: 20-inch. It's inch. like a car wheel.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's like a car wheel size burner. She cranks it and it's all jets all the way across it, right? And then she whips out a giant, this is the first time, giant paella pan, right? This is right before the pandemic. I just had dinner with her the second time, the first time since the pandemic was over. And even though it was only just like my my- my sister and you know her husband and my brother and fiance and us she brought two paella rigs two full size paella rigs and i have to say my mom has turned into this like this spanish monster cook like with these paella pans over the over the pandemic which is bananas but she made something that i actually hadn't had before Strangely, you know, the, so not paella, which she made one of. Delicious, of course, you know, with the socorat on the bottom. Socorat's the crunch. You know, everyone's got their own kind of crunchy rice business. You like the crunchy rice business, people? Yep. Mm-hmm. I like the crunchy rice. I like anyone's form of crunchy rice. I like Iranian crunchy rice. I like Korean crunchy rice. I like, uh, I, yeah, do Americans have, do we have our own traditional crunchy rice?
2: No, not really. No? are there, there, maybe? there can get that crispy
0: yeah there are old american recipes uh like rice casserole recipes where if they're cooked in a certain way you can get a kind of crunchy layer on the bottom um i have to do more research on that whether we have because i feel like we're you know we're leaving a lot on the table if we don't have our own crispy rice at the bottom of the pan sitch you know what i'm saying i feel like we're i feel like we could up our game there as a as a nation um anyways so, but she made this other, have you ever had this paella-like pasta dish called, uh, uh, fide- I don't know how to pronounce it right, fidea, fidea, fidegua, you ever had this one? Feijoada? Is that how you pronounce it? Is it Brazilian? I'm sorry. Well, this one's, this one is Valencian, but I'm sure they had okay. the same thing. So it's, it's in a paella pan. And you 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 use these like tiny what look like like tiny pieces of vermicelli like but instead of it like you know you know. you know how vermicelli means like like little worms, right? Yeah. Right. So like this oh we're getting fishbowl I love it. This is our first fishbowl. We're getting fishbowl, people. Anyway, so you know how like ver- there's no worm that's the size of a vermicelli that's as long as a piece of vermicelli. It just doesn't happen, right? So these are actually worm size, which is kinda gross. But get this. You toast them off like with oil, right? Just like you would toast off like rice before you were going to do like a risotto or something. You add the stock and all the other nonsense to it and you cook it pretty much like a like a like a paella. She did it with squid ink. But get this, as it boils off, right? You stop stirring. You don't stir it after a while because you want to make that kind of crispy crap at the bottom. But Nastasia, you might enjoy this. The the pasta stands straight up in the air. Looks like grass. It looks like grass growing out of this giant paella pan. And my mom brings it to the table. I'm like, Mom, what the hell are you doing? This is beautiful. What the hell's wrong with you? Like, I just don't expect this out of my mom. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like these little things standing up. You know what I mean? And then, and then you, you scrape it, and it comes up in one chunk because of the crunchy stuff at the bottom, like a piece of AstroTurf. And then you're eating this AstroTurf. You know, I was like, damn. My mom's got the pandemic game. Sounds like it. Yeah. 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 Speaking of my mom, one more shout out. Apologize. So my mom's retiring this year. In fact, she's retiring this month. So a little shout out uh, to my mom. My mom, uh, I've I've said this on the air before, but um, my mom had me when she was 20 years old. She was at Stanford at the time. Uh, She was 20. She took a year off from school. Her parents told her she was never going to follow her dreams. Nothing was ever going to happen in her life. She was going to get, you know, that's it. She was done. Went back, finished, went to medical school at Columbia when I was three, moved out here, started the pediatric heart transplant program at uh columbia university in 1984 where she was the cardiologist on the first successful pediatric transplant that had been done has run the pediatric heart transplant program ever since and i know that like it's very fashionable and correct now to think that uh you know uh, big data is a lot better than human judgment which i think in the average is true but when my mom retires the world is losing, like, an amazing clinician. I'll give you just a cu- couple of things that, that she's done. So for those of you that are in the medical uh, industry now, right, uh, you know, there's a huge reaction over the past maybe, say, 20 years to kind of what's known as heroic actions, trying to take heroic actions to save people's lives. You know, you're not supposed to play God or you're supposed to let people die now is what a lot of doctors think. But my mom, especially because she's dealing with kids, kind of never had that attitude so, uh, she has this crazy sense of how the human body works as a system and what's wrong on an entire, like, kind of system level basis. So, she once ran uh, a code. So, when someone uh, has a cardiac arrest, they, they do what's called they run a code, right? Where they, you know, they try to you know, get their heart working again. And she once ran a code for two hours on a kid who uh, was in need of, of a heart transplant. Uh, and everyone else was like, You gotta quit, doc. You gotta quit. You gotta quit. Ran a code on him for that long. Why? Because she was looking at all of the numbers and the numbers didn't indicate that the kid should be dead, right? So it's like, it's like you know, everyone's like, oh, well, no one, no one lasts this long in a code. And mom's like, well, it's because no one runs codes this long. Kid lived. She uh, once had a kid on a table who uh, died, coded on the table while they were waiting for a transplant. My mom jumped on the gurney and and did chest compressions to get that kid while they wheeled my mom giving the kid compressions all the way to the operating room in a different building. Kid lived. They lived through that. I mean, I don't know if they eventually made it, right? Uh, my mom also would transplant. So uh, here's another little secret fact. That those of you that have gone th- th- any medical procedure, not all medical procedures are guaranteed to you, even if you have money. Like some doctors won't take you on if they think you're going to lower their percentages, Right. In the old days when um, it was very kind of, you know, rare to be able to get a transplant and not a lot of people were on the list, you were shunted off of the list because, well, that heart had to go to someone who was healthier because you had to put it into whoever had the best chance of survival, right? But uh, my mom, because that's not, I guess at the time, not the way that uh, kid heart transplant worked because you have to get a heart that exactly matches the person, she would transplant people that no one else would take because no one else wanted to have their numbers go down. Everyone wanted their survival rates to be high. So they would be like, no, we can't do you. Uh, We don't think it's going to work out. My mom would do it. My mom has given people two transplants when the first one failed because she realized that it wasn't that it was a failing proposition uh, all the way through, but that because uh, of of some other things. So my mom always treated people like individuals and had kind of an amazing clinical sense. There was someone who was slated to get a transplant once, and my mom was like, "You don't need a heart transplant." She had was on somebody else's transplant list. Get this, on somebody else's transplant list. My mom was like, "You know what?" Looked again, looked at the numbers, looked at the patient, was like, "You know what?" I think actually, uh, you have this kind of extremely rare condition. Turns out, vitamin deficiency. The kid had a vitamin deficiency. Gave the kid supplements. Kid didn't need a heart transplant anyway. And, you know, I know everyone gives credit to the surgeons, right? And I, no offense, surgeons are great. But, you know, my mom's the one who was there at the beginning. My mom was the one who stayed with them for years. My mom was the one who, you know, they were always sad when they had to get handed off to the adult transplant. So I'm happy that my mom's retiring. But it's worse for anyone that needs a heart transplant here in here in uh, at least in this country. Anyway, uh, enough about my family. Uh, let's do some uh, questions. Oh. You guys cook anything, by the way? Anything good? No. I cook something good. See what you think. So John and I, so John, you know, every morning, John and I have a call where we're supposed to be talking about what I do for the day. Supposed to, yeah. But instead, we end up talking about Connecticut foodstuffs quite often, right? Yep. So we're talking about Connecticut foodstuffs. I've never been to Super Duper Weenie. Never been. Have you been good. to Super Duper Weenie? No. Nope. How far is Fairfield from you, like 20 minutes? Mm-hmm. Why don't you go to Super Duper Weenie? No, you, I will. Do you like hot dogs? Yeah. What's your recommendation of Super Duper super Weenie, John?
2: The New Englander. It's uh spicy relish, kind of like the Connecticut-style spicy relish, then bacon, sauerkraut, and mustard. It's quite good. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I like tasty.
0: that. Anyway, so anyone that's heard me talk about Connecticut food knows I'm a fan of steaming cheese, steamed cheeseburger. Get this. So here's what I did. Since I can't really get my family on board with the steamed cheeseburger, but I can get Dax on board with the chopped cheese. You ready for this? Here's where I'm going with this. Here's where I'm going. It's not a chopped steamed cheese, although... Now that you say it, that would be great. Anyway, here's what it is. I did a, uh, I just did a braised short rib, right? But not with too much sauce. Beer braised short rib, standard, beer, beer braised short rib. Then uh, I took that, let it cool all the way down, reabsorbed all of its juices, right? Then put that in a hoagie, put, like put that in the steamer, put a piece of the, of the, of the rib in the steamer, put the cheese on top. Let the whole thing, instead of reheating the rib, reheat by steaming the whole thing into one steaming pile of short rib and steamed cheese. Put it in a hoagie roll. Put it in a hoagie roll. You know what it was? Real good. It was real good. I wanted some sauerkraut on it because I think it needs some acid. Dax didn't. Dax just, you know, ketchup didn't, whatever the house kids do. But real good. It's a try, people. That's a, that's a give it a try. Also, you know what I did? Chicken bouillon on the French fries. Now, apparently in Australia... And I know Nastasia has her issues with the Australians, but apparently they have this thing called chicken salt, which is meant to be put onto rotisserie chicken, but also sometimes includes chicken bouillon. So that's a good reason to visit uh, Australia because chicken bouillon on French fries is a good, very good. Yeah. It, it's a real good. I, I, you know, I'm gonna. Everyone's like, "Have you tried beef powder?" I'm like, "Not yet." I'm gonna, I'm gonna go get every bouillon flavor and put that on my French fries from now on.
2: Because why, why not? What about with those mushrooms from the
0: MRE? Oh my God! So. Again, you can't watch it unless you're a Patreon uh, viewer. But they had this dehydrated chunk, this like, it's like imagine um, like a sponge candy, but instead of sugar, mushroom, right? And it was so awesome. I would buy it if any of you like are a manufacturer of Chinese MREs and know where to get this freeze dried mushroom block. Even Nastasia liked the freeze dried mushroom block crunchies.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that was good. That was good. Yeah, really good. Really good. Really, really good. You know what Nastasia kept saying the entire time we were doing the MREs? Anytime something looked terrible, she'd be like, Those, that's your MRE, Dave. If we're in a survival situation, that's your MRE. No,
3: yours was just the American one. The- anything that
0: looked bad. Oh. But if it had been the Chinese one, you would have had me have that one. For, <laughs> I noticed that when we opened the American one and it had a Skittle pack in, we didn't even get to inventory it because you were already picking out the color that you liked. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: which, is the, which is the Lopez color? Red. Red's the first color? Yeah. Second color? Uh, green, I guess. And all others garbage? Yeah.
0: Hmm.
3: Huh. Have you, I know you're not a, you're not a Pez person. No, but I did bring these Sour Patch Kids because there's this new flavor that's a secret. And pass it to Dave. Oh, but Nastasia is going to be able to tell because she can tell. No, I, I can't. And you win $50,000. Oh, geez. You have
0: to have one. Oh, geez. You know what we should all do, People. And we should all it's pool our really knowledge. Hard.
3: It's really hard. I was going to give one to Arielle because... Just do the GCM... Just, well, no. I just want to see if her, no, her nose is... Forget the nose. Just do GC mass spec on it. Figure out what that's the... That's cheating.
0: That's... The, like, what are you, Willy Wonka? That would be cheating. I am now telling the computer exactly what it can do with a lifetime supply of Sour Patch. It's like... Vaguely artificial, vaguely tropical, real sour stuff.
2: I feel like I've had that flavor before.
0: It's yeah, a specific it's flavor, and there's yeah. lots of clues that they give you. Mm.
2: Mm.
0: But I see you also brought, though, one of my favorite sour flavors sumac. Yeah. Sumac. People, I saw when I was driving up uh, a couple of weeks ago, the sumac's starting to ripen. Is that one ripe yet?
3: I think this one is. Taste, taste. Or give uh, me a I taste. I can't. Well, give, give it me, to
0: me a Dave. Give me a taste. So, Sumac, for those of you that don't know, sumac is delicious. Now, listen, here's how you know if it's the sumac that you can eat. Is it red? If it's red, you can eat it. If it's white, don't. Oh, that's good stuff. I
3: mean,
0: that's real good. Yeah. So what you do is if you live where sumac grows in in our neighborhood, the majority of sumac is what's known as staghorn sumac. It's kind of hairy, right? So you, you, you just rip... Cut the whole sumac thing off. Let it get ripened. Taste it first. If it doesn't have a lot of flavor, it's not ripe. If you wait too long, it loses its flavor. So the one Nastasi got here is real good. Then what you're going to want to do, you can just freeze them as is if you don't have time to, uh, what's it called? Process them right now. Boil them in water, and then it's the best soda. It's so good. There's something about sumac that when you drink it, you have to drink more. You have to just drink a little bit more. You drink a little bit, and you're like, oh, that's good. I want more. And then you have a little more, and you're like, oh, that was good, but, you know, I'm done. Uh, more. More. Anyway. Uh, so, all right, enough about our cooking. Let's get to other people's cooking issues. Best delicious. Thanks for bringing that. you welcome. Thanks, thanks for sharing.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I appreciate it. Hmm. Uh, Zach Ross wrote in, uh, I've been making watermelon aquafresca fresca this summer. It's good, but it's about a hundred times better. Than- that's a lot of times, Zach. A hundred times is a lot better. In other words, I don't know that there's anything where the best version of it I've ever had, if it was a hundred times worth, I would even put it in my mouth. What about you guys? But do you believe that there's a factor of a hundred between something that is edible and something that is super fantastic? That's two orders of magnitude, Joe. That's huge. I yeah,
2: don't that's know. That's a big number.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For those of you that like, don't think in terms of orders of magnitude, go watch the Eames's Powers of Ten film. Amazing. Classic. Amazing. Um, that said, I will just assume, Zach, that we're just being a little hyperbolic and that we're okay. It's about a hundred times better the next day. Why is this? It seems too simple to just have the flavors meld overnight and be so better. Maybe that's it, but I'm curious if there's something more happening here. Well, uh, I have a note into uh, Harold McGee to ask him to see whether he had any ideas, but he hasn't gotten back to me yet. If I had to guess, what I'd say is this, because I was thinking, well, is it the sugar somehow, something? But beep. I did some like some preliminary Google Scholar searching on whether or not watermelon, like what changes happen in watermelon juice over the course of a day. I wasn't able to find anything. But here's what I think: if I had to guess, I would say there's some volatile aroma in uh, in the watermelon, right, that is being liberated and flashing off, and that you like the product a lot better after that flashes off, right. So I would say it's probably not a chemical reaction or some sort of like reaction within the product itself. It's just a losing of volatiles. Now, it could be that if you're adding the lime that you like the, the aged lime flavor, it could be that there's some reaction with the increased acidity because watermelon's not that high of an acid. It's causing something to precipitate out. It could be that it's auto-clarifying overnight and you're just drinking the top and you like the stuff that the top tastes better. But here's how you test. Take the stuff, if you have a vacuum machine, if you don't have a vacuum machine, you're SOL, and just run a vacuum on it, and that'll distill. It'll flash off some of those top end volatiles without heating it or boiling it. And if you're getting a similar result by doing that, then I'm guessing it's a loss of volatile. That a good, uh, decent answer? Yep. Doing all right? Yeah. Uh, ooh, got a shout out. Uh, Erica Lash wants to give a birthday shout out to uh, our uh, Patreon follower Christopher Tompkins Tinch. Oh, sorry, sorry to botch your name, Christopher especially on your birthday. Uh, couldn't figure out a better way to get in touch uh, without breaking into my husband's Patreon account. I like that she doesn't break into her husband's Patreon account. That's strong, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, so I'm going to give you, is that, so, so Christopher is turning uh, 33 on uh, the 19th. What day is it today? 13th. So, so he would be turned 33 before. So 33. Let me see. What was I doing when I was 33. So he's a PhD student at the, at the Harvard right now, right? And he was a formerly a TA at the, at the Harvard class that we, that we teach. And by the way, we're doing that again this year, Stas. Cool. Yeah, Harvard, live this year. Uh, what was I doing when I was 33? 33, huh? I don't know. I think I, I, I had Booker already. What was I doing? Who knows? It was a good year. You're in for a good year and this is your, uh, this is your birthday shout out. Uh, so what else do what else we say in a shout out? We should kind of have a... Joe, we got to have some sort of like birthday shout out. Like at the bar, we would always play uh, in the club. You know what I mean? I mean, I know it's kind of like trite, but I tell you what, when you're in a bar and 50 Cent comes on in the club and people are drinking,
1: people enjoy it. All right. I'll look for that. Yeah. I'll look for something.
0: You look for something.
1: I'll look for something. All right. All right. Note. Make note. And then, and then
0: you know, we can, we'll retroactively somehow, Christopher, give you the uh, the, you know, Go shorty, it's your birthday. Whatever whatever Joe's version of go shorty, it's your birthday. Uh, Aaron from Oklahoma wrote in, Hey, cooking issues, gang. I have a propane grill with a weak, in fact, so weak that it's it's W-E-A-K with dashes. Weak side burner. Uh, I use a side burner mostly for deep frying in a pot. Is it feasible to upgrade this to a bigger, higher BTU burner? I don't often use a side burner at the same time as my main uh, burners in the, in the grill, if that matters. Thanks. Um, well, yeah, but what I would say you should do is don't, like, upgrade. Here's the issue, right? Side burners are weak because they're small, and they're expecting you to, I don't know what, keep a pot of butter going or something on the, on the side, right? I mean, like, uh, does you, well, it, that fancy grill that you have access to. No, John has access to a Kalamazoo grill. Kalamazoo grills are built entirely by hand in the United States and signed by the makers. They cost $12,000. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Anyway, so John has access to one of these, and yet he still hasn't found our, our monocles. I think I can't wait for us all to do this uh, program with our monocles in. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, so do you use a monocle when you use the Kalamazoo Grill? I haven't
2: used it yet. That house is being renovated at the moment. But so. you looked at it. You touched I've it. I've looked at it. I touched it. Yeah. Looked really nice. Really, really nice.
0: Did it run off tanks like chumps, or did they plumb that sucker? Plumbed it.
2: Yeah. yeah. Damn. Imagine. But you can dual fuel that, right? You can throw
0: wood into your Kalamazoo. Yes, you can. Yeah. Or charcoal. Or charcoal. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I always thought more people should have the, the dual fuel situation so they could just, because as much as everyone likes a chimney starter, right, wouldn't you like to just dump a bunch of coal on top of where your gas flame is and go, and then walk away and then have it be coal instead Weber of, has that.
2: Yeah? Yeah, my dad used to get that one. Is it good? Took a little while for it to get started, but you didn't have to, like, do the chimney. You just throw it in there, get it going, and then, I don't know, for 20, 30 minutes, it was good to go.
0: And I'm sure it's easier to add more on top because you know how, like, when you add more on top, you wait too long, it doesn't catch right, and it's uneven. This one, you're like, hey, yo.
2: Yeah. Mm,
0: Nice. Anyway— so you have to report back to us on what that's like. I'm sure that side burner's not weak.
2: No, probably not, no.
0: <laughs> no, yeah. When you're spending $12,000 on a grill, your side burner better not be weak. Also, like, what does it mean by weak? I've just been looking at, uh, at you know what? It's so weird that you asked this question now because I was just doing a lot of really boring research on uh, powers of uh, different burners and ovens, which I won't get into now because Nastasia is already checked out and on her phone. She would really punch me in the face if I just started talking about BTUs and to... what's... Mm. talking to what i think all right uh so anyways so uh yeah you can replace it but i think a better thing is to just get an entirely separate unit to go on the side or just remove the side burner and put the equivalent of a candy stove it depends on what you want you can buy outdoor walk burners which you know that's like hi i'm gonna go crazy right or you could buy like my mom's paella burner but again that's a real big flame or They make uh, kind of dual ring burners where you can have just the inner ring on and just the outer ring. And a lot of people make outdoor, very professional units because professional people cook outdoors. I wouldn't necessarily go for like the Home Depot or Low style turkey fryer because they're a little low because they're meant to cook low. They're not meant to be operating on a grill and they're a little bit unstable. Even candy stoves, professional candy stoves, which are awesome. You ever use a candy stove, John? No. You know what I'm talking about though, right? Okay, so like when you're in the kitchen – You'd use them for stock. They're low. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, called candy stoves because gotcha. they need the super high BTUs for doing uh, candy and stuff. But you can put legs on those and lift them up high, and just have a ripping burners on the side. So yeah, I would just get a standalone commercial side burner, and then you know just kind of saw off the old one and put that next to it. You might have to upgrade your. Um, you might have to upgrade your regulator and you also have to realize that there are at least two different pressures that uh outdoor propane gear runs on kind of like a very like a lower pressure one and a more of a medium pressure so just make sure that your pressures match and uh i will not and i'm being serious here will not recommend that you do your own gas stuff work just you know buy real equipment and don't blow yourself up too much you know um all right anyway uh Oh, Anonymous wrote in, Anonymous. Mm. Uh, New Patreon subscriber here, Longtime listener. Love the work. I'm from Australia, and we're planning an American-themed dinner party next weekend. We've been planning it for a while, but COVID has gotten into the way. It's worked out well being 4th of July. Oh, so we must have missed this when we were in the 4th of July. Oh, crap. I'm planning on—oh, man, I forgot to look up Pie Marches on— I was going to—that's what I was going to do this morning, look up the Pie Marches on recipe. John, you have the pie marches on recipe. I'm planning on making pumpkin pie. I have a can of Libby's. That's standard. Estasi, you like pumpkin pie? What do you like better, sweet potato or pumpkin? Uh, me too. Joe? <coughs> you like neither? You have a neither look on your face.
1: Yeah, I'm not into, I'm not really into pies. Is that weird?
0: No, a lot of people don't like pie. A lot of people don't like no, sweets. Do you I like only, sweets? I like, I love sweets.
1: I, the only pie I really like is uh, a key lime pie. Ooh. Yeah, but any other kind of cooked, <laughs> Cooked fruit, I'm not into. There's a lot of people. My stepmom doesn't like cooked fruit. I like fruit on its own, but not a cooked fruit. Like an apple pie? Just, no, no. What about jelly? Like uh, like a British jelly? Like a mint? No, no, no. Like peanut butter and jelly. Oh, um, yes, I do. I love apricot jelly.
0: You know why? Because <coughs> it tastes great.
1: Mm, I have an apricot in the in the fridge.
0: There really? If you want, uh, do you uh, do you like? Uh, I got from the farmers market. Got some apricots. Do you like? Uh, I like the your apricot. That's a, another good question to ask people. Apricot, apricot, apricot. Hmm. Stas. Apricot. Wow. And from California, so I'm gonna have to take that, John. Apricot or apricot.
2: Apricot. Hmm.
0: <laughs> fight. Uh, I don't. I don't have a dog in this fight. That's like a, I was trying to start a fight over uh, last week at an event that Nastasi and I went to over Fudgy versus. Non-fudgy brownies. Fudgy versus cakey.
1: Well, my, my wife is British, so everything, yeah, I'm learning to speak the language properly. Oh, p- please. <laughs> Shallots. Yeah. Oh, come on.
0: Joe, <laughs> yo, yo, like, you know that, like, like, I love working with you and everything, but if you say aluminium, it's over. No, no, no. We're no, out of no. here. There's no schedule for aluminium. Oh, jeez. Oh, God. You know, I'm not even gonna, not even gonna get into, it. not even gonna get into it. All right, Dave, pie matcha on recipe. Oh, uh, wait. So, so how does what kind of crust? First of all, does first of all, you need to go online, look up
2: Boston Monroe Strauss. There's a PDF of it on the Haiti Babel Haiti Trust.
0: Every the, the, everything that comes out of that person's pen, off that person's typewriter, was genius. Uh, what kind of crust
2: does he use? Sifted pastry flour, shortening water, salt, powdered skimmed milk, and corn syrup. For the crust? Yep. Special crust for pumpkin pie. Wow.
0: Huh. Here's the thing I'm going to tell you. Uh, here's the thing I'm going to tell you. I'm going to get back to your question in a minute because we, we have a caller. But I would just go on that because if he says that he made a special crust just for pumpkin pie, I'd listen. I would listen. And he, I, my memory serves me. You can look it up while I'm doing this caller, John. Memory serves me. He tells you how to make your own mix, but he says that you're probably better off starting with uh, pre-canned, I believe, is the, is the truth. So, uh, and figure out what his recipe for that is. Don't follow Libby. What do they know? I mean, they know everything because they make it, but come on. All right. So it's the correct brand, though. Caller, you're on the air. You oh, with? hey, Dave. Hey.
5: Hey, Jordana.
0: Hey, how you doing, Jordana? How's it going? How's it? Oh, all
5: right. I'm how's it? Right, where friend. are you?
0: you? You up in Hudson?
5: I'm near Hudson. I'm what's, near Hudson. What's it, what's right. it like?
0: Is it That's humid? Right. Is it hu- humid there? Like it is here? Is it just not too hot, but just kind of gross that way that only New York gets gross?
5: You know what? It's thick. It's spongy. Mm. It's unpleasant. Yeah. And it's not inspiring. Yeah. I would say.
0: Oh, you um, just, you've just described my to... high school life.
5: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I know that about you. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we did just visit a friend's garden and we got, such beautiful stuff. And so, yeah, I don't know. I'm feeling all right about the world.
0: Nice. How about you? Uh, I'm glad you're feeling great. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
5: Well, do you, do you know why I'm calling?
0: I, I do not. Do you know how Anastasia, uh doesn't like to tell me anything? So if she knows, she hasn't told me anything.
3: Oh, well, I, so we did it, Jordana. He didn't really care. That was the... Uh... What? He didn't care. He didn't
5: he care. He didn't care. He didn't care. What didn't
3: I care about? The flavor of the mystery sour patch. The, I thought they don't care. I don't know flavors. what it is. <laughs> do you have any theories? Well,
5: did you
0: did you even do it in a scientific way? No, like, he said it even... all
3: tastes the same. And I then... didn't
0: say it. That's not what
3: I said. You anyone say? who's
0: listening, I said it. I said it tastes like kind of sour, fruity, vaguely tropical. Like I mean, like
3: you know, berries and tropical stuff. Okay. I mean, what, what did you get out of it?
5: Stas, Stas, can you do me a favor? and yeah. um, Hold his nose.
3: No, I can't I'm on the other side of that. He place. can do it. He can all right, do you it. You can hand me another one. I'll hold my nose. I don't care.
5: Place place the candy in the mouth. Hold the nose. Are you doing it?
0: Or else I get the hose again? Hold a second. I'm gonna follow your instructions. All right, you ready? I'm following okay, so I'm okay. I'm gonna pinch my nose. I'm now pinching my nose.
1: Now what?
5: Okay, put the candy in your mouth and bite it. Chew it a little bit. Hold candy. Hold candy, put it in your mouth, chew it a little, and now release your release your nose. What do you experience? What are you feeling?
0: Yeah, I know that. I know that flavor, but... You
5: know it. Yeah. Suddenly, suddenly someone's invested. No, but... <laughs> okay.
0: It's some sort of like tropical plus banana plus like some sort of estery thing. I don't know. I don't know what it is. What are you guys getting out okay. of
5: it? Okay. Here's what I got out of it. All right.
0: Banana. Like strawberry banana? Yeah, but it's got also got some strawberry. It's like a strawberry banana situation. Well,
5: the hammer. The hammer got strawberry. I got banana, and then at one point I got a little bit of cherry. But, Steph, mm. did you go over the clues with him? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No. Oh, oh,
0: cherries because it has that cough syrup hit at the end.
5: That little dime tap energy. That's
0: right. Did I have I ever made you one of my uh, my, my flaming mo sazeracs with the cough syrup? He
5: doesn't know what it is. Okay, so should we read the clues, Staff, Do you have them up?
0: I don't have them up, no. Okay, okay. I'm sure we can right. get people should on I the be- Patreon to like, like, hit us up on this, but go ahead. go ahead. Give me some clues. Okay.
5: Okay, ready? Okay. Okay. Yeah, here we go. Right. Ready? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay.
0: Born ready, Jordan.
5: Okay, and this is, okay, clue number one it gives laughs and can be a riot because when it flies, nobody's silent.
0: Because when it's what?
5: When it flies, nobody's silent.
0: Wait, can give a rise.
5: It gives laughs and can be a riot because when it flies, nobody's silent. It's, far,
0: it's, it's fart, on a fart flavored. Peel. Fart flavored.
5: Okay, cool, cool, cool. All right, moving on to clue two. But it
0: could be a banana peel. Back in do you know Nastasia's favorite banana, banana peel story? You know, you know her favorite banana peel story, right? No, I don't. We were uh, at Harvard, maybe. I don't know, 10 years ago? Or no, like seven years ago? Yeah. You're
5: supposed to say we were in Cambridge. <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
0: We were on the square, <laughs> exactly. Jordana. We were on the square. So we were at <laughs> Harvard. We're walking with, uh, you know, eminent food author Harold McGee, who's a distinguished, uh-huh. he's a distinguished looking gentleman. He's a distinguished looking gentleman. He is. And he is. He, he came within what, like millimeters, right, Stas, of doing the full, like, Three Stooges, Banana Peel, Fly, like. And Nastasia, ever since then, like, every once in a while when she's looking off in the distance, she's either thinking of Peter Kim coming in, <laughs> in the bathroom with me, or she's thinking of Harold yeah. McGee almost slipping and dying on a Banana Peel. Yeah, godfather uh, of, science. Can, of add, science.
5: can I add one more to the mix? Sure. Okay. So last year, I decided I was going to learn how to be a gardener. Okay. Spoiler alert: did not go well. Did Ooh. not go well at all. Why did? did um, is is your was, soil
0: no good, or is, your, is it just a, that you just hate plants?
5: I got shitty soil. Excuse me. Yeah. And I didn't build a fence, and so it just got. And then at one point, I I got infested with tomato hornworms, which are the most disgusting thing I've ever seen wow. with my eyes. Okay. Wow. Anyway, I was I was really feeling myself uh, for a bit, and I was sort of gallivanting around, calling myself an outside gal, which you can imagine. And I just wanted recognition from my wife, you know. And I was just like, I'm an outside gal. Look at all these amazing things that I do. Went outside, stepped on a rake, and oh. it smashed me in the face, and I got a black eye. Oh, so that's my a,
0: that's a god. Oh, my God. Please yeah. tell me you have surveillance footage.
5: <sighs> no, I absolutely do not. And I would never share it with you because you're not trustworthy. But it did what? happen. What?
0: How am I not trustworthy? And whoa, 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 whoa. How am I not trustworthy?
5: All right. If I gave you the surveillance footage of me literally falling with a rake to the dome... You would put it on your Instagram or something. You would, would hold not. it over me for my entire I would not.
0: life. You're, you're maybe you're thinking of your friend, Nastasia. Maybe you're thinking of your good friend, Nastasia because maybe she would do I that. Wish. But I would keep it She's to myself an
5: entire dossier.
0: and just look at it, you know, every now and again when I needed a little mental encouragement. Because the idea not only that it has happened in the real life, but happened to someone that I mm-hmm. know. I'm just picturing it in my that's head. Maybe it. that's even better. Wham! Yeah. Well, I can't imagine crazy. it. It's like because it rakes people. Like you see it in the cartoon, but rakes are long. I mean, Jordan is like you know you're 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 a normal height person. It's not like you're like one foot high. Yeah, I well, it's not that you should have seen it coming. But like, think of how long it takes the tip of that rake to fly up and hit you right in the face. You know what I'm saying?
5: It's also it's also just the level of sort of bravado that I was bringing to the moment. You know, I yeah. was like, I'm an outside gal, and then. Literally smash myself in the face. Yeah, it's rake. got so, it's got think, shades
0: of Afro Ninja. It's not like it's not like Grape Stomp Lady who deserved it because she was cheating. You weren't cheating, but that that I little bit cheating. of a for those of you that can mentally see what I'm about to do, that's the Afro Ninja hit right before right before he does the the flip, and you, that's a, your equivalent like the outside like out thing. You give that little head bop with a, and then you step on the rake that's and right. boom, yeah, that's man. Right.
5: So- I would just say pride pride goeth before the fall. And that's sort of the primary lesson. Hey, of, well, of you know,
0: thank thank God, thank God that you weren't doing some sort of mama's and papa's 70s garbage and were barefoot or that rake would have gone right through your foot. Mm.
1: That's true.
5: You I know, did a lot of that garbage as well. Yeah. Anyway, and, and, and but, but you know what? Did,
0: did you, did, after that, did you move away from the old school hard timed rake to kind of the more modern plasticky, more malleable rakes that, uh, don't have the ability to fly up and whack you in the head.
5: No, because those are really more for leaf piles, Dave. Well, that's, you know. that's really more for a leaf pile. And I, <laughs> I, I, was looking to do some serious gardening. I was an outside gal. All right, you've forgotten. Right. You've forgotten the
0: thesis. Hey, do you know what you the you special. know you know what you're gonna like? You know what, you know what I, I have a feeling. You want to know what's a good stress relieving tool? Go get what? you go get you a scythe. A scythe. A scythe. Yeah,
5: like a like a grim uh, like a grim reaper. Oh, type oh size. yeah, oh
0: yeah. They're not cheap. Okay. They're not cheap. I think I have one. I can loan you, but you have to go to Lyme, Connecticut, and get it. But like, uh, I have like I have like a couple like hundred or you know eight, 50, 60 year old size that like came with the house that I got before. And I was like, was there like
5: a a golden a golden year of scything? I like took the modern scythes, really.
0: I took down half a half acre. Not. I took down a half acre of tall grass in like forty minutes with a scythe. First of all, you sharpen it, and then you get the swing of it, and then you're like, "I'm gonna get you, grass!" And then you're just like, "Whoof, whoof, whoof, whoof," and it's faster than a weed whacker. It's nuts. It makes the only noise is the noise of you going, "Shunk, shunk, shunk," with the weed whacker through the You would love it. You personally would love it. And then that's it some really serious outdoor sounds, gal stuff. Yeah, that is.
5: That is. I do have a baby now, and I fear the message that I would be sending. What? But, I cut grass? Um, I'm aggressive.
0: It's not with aggressive. With gal needs. Listen, if you have aggression, which we all do, and I know you do, Jordana, right? Take it out on the grass. I don't know. Take it out on the grass. I'll tell you all what. Right, if you want to well, see the go- scythe in action, literally the very first Instagram post I ever put up like five years ago or something is the day that i was like oh my god the side this is the greatest thing the very first instagram post.
5: okay i'm going to i'm going to i'm going to hit the back wall there you go. of your instagram and then i'll and then i'll make the decision
0: all right yeah please do i think you will enjoy <laughs> anyway. it i'm just telling you i think you will enjoy it
5: uh, well actually i do think that you know me pretty well with yeah. regards to the things that i need to do to release my aggression so yeah. you
0: know because I'm you know gonna, what i'm going to take you at your word as much as i like a two stroke motor I think that, like, I hope that I'm the last generation of people that uses a two-stroke motor. They're just so loud. Like, anyone who's out, like, you know, and about, and, like, he, like all of a sudden whips out the two-stroke motor, it's, like, it destroys the whole vibe, doesn't it? I was like, yeah, there's a, You some never sort want of,
5: a two-stroker. No, uh, but, but,
0: hey, 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 we're not going there. But you know what I'm talking about? Like, they burn oil, they make that smell, they're loud. Anyway. Disgusting. Yeah, disgust. um, there's a guy so staring anyway, at us who I think is going to kill us. Oh my God, this, show, this long, guy's going to kill us, right? What I'm
5: here to say is that I think it's a banana. Yeah. And I would, I would like your support of this. Well,
0: and I mean, how do I, how do you, how like, how do I support you? I'll support you with anything, Jordana, but like, how do I give you my support? I think there's definitely some strawberry action in there too. All right. What well, are the other clues? We're going to
5: give it. Oh, okay. We're going to give it to Arielle, by the way, so yeah. she can also weigh in because I think she's a, she's a good one. Okay, uh, other clues. Back in the 80s, it came by storm, but not the 80s you think of. Again, bananas, big boom in the 1880s.
0: Oh, but to that's three. real dark. You think, you think we really want, I mean, it's so dark. You, I mean, the stuff that we did, the stuff that the, the United Fruit Company did, that's so dark. Imagine like being like, rah, rah, United Fruit. Imagine that? Exactly. That's
1: so dark.
5: Exactly. Exactly. So I think you could really write a sort of inverse history of the banana in concert with the Sour Patch Kids Company.
0: Man. Every time I every time I see did they change their name from United Fruit to Chiquita just so that we wouldn't have all those terrible associations?
5: Interesting that you should mention Chiquita, Dave. Clue number seven. A lady sings about this kid's flavor. It's on her mind a couple of
1: layers. Okay.
0: What lady sings about bananas? Carmen Miranda. She sings about bananas? I mean, I well, love, I wear love wear Carmen, Carmen Miranda, but she's wearing a whole freaking fruit basket on her head. Oh, she was a Chiquita oh, the banana Chiquita lady? Do uh. you ever watch the old I mean, Carmen Miranda right. stuff? Carmen Miranda, right? I, yeah. I mean, she had yeah, a, whole she, are, I, I like well, a whole fruit basket on her head. I like some Carmen Miranda.
5: a whole fruit basket. It's not a whole fruit basket flavor. It's right. Banana Okay, Blake says it's just the Chiquita Banana Lady. Okay, finally, uh-huh. this is the only one I want to ask you about because right. I actually think you might have an idea. Actually, first I want to um, tell you that clue number four is a dough that twinkles had its origins here. It's not a star, and it tastes pretty near. And I'm very impressed with myself because I remembered that the original flavor of Twinkies was banana. That so is I true. I actually feel
0: like... Do you know they, re-re- yeah. they re-released okay. it recently? And I couldn't get my kids to oh, try really? it. Yeah, I couldn't get my kids to try it. They're like, why do I want a banana twig? I was like, for history, for history. Why don't you just eat it? This is what I understand with my kids. And I hope that you don't have this happen with your kid. I'm like, you don't have to like it. You just have to try it. Like, why do, why do kids now think they have to like everything that they, that they have? What the hell is that? Was there any expectation growing up, guys, that you would like necessarily everything that you were going to eat? No. Nope. No.
5: No. No.
0: No. No. Kids are different now.
5: Was, I don't like it. Was there an expectation growing up that you had to like everything that you eat? Oh, no. no,
0: absolutely not. No.
5: Okay, this is the clue I want to ask you about because this is not triggering anything for me. So mm. I want to know from a bit through a banana lens, if you will.
0: Through a banana okay. lens. Through a banana clue darkly. Number three. All right.
5: Yeah, exactly. A flavor from north and south, melting pot meets drooling mouth.
0: See, that's what I'm saying. I think it's going to be a temperate fruit like a strawberry and a southern, more tropical fruit like a banana. That's what I'm saying. So, you okay. think it's strawberry,
3: banana? Like, that is just what the flavor is. There's definitely
0: a berry flavor in there. And I know, don't start with me that bananas are berries, okay? Don't I wasn't start with me. Start with you too. But, like, because, oh, and strawberries are really just multiple 18s, multiple fruits. <laughs> no, I don't want to hear it. Like, I would say that, uh, I think it's definitely a strawberry banana, which is a classic flavor anyway. Hmm. It's a classic flavor, right? I don't necessarily think that there's any... In in life, strawberry banana is like a classic... It's like an all-time classic combo. You know what I mean? And that would give you the kind of north and the south. Although, truth be told, like, because the United Fruit Corporation, Chiquita, like, bananas became the most popular, I think, Mm -hmm. fruit to eat out of hand, like, in the world. So everyone in the North eats bananas anyway. And they're all freaking Cavendish. That's what,
5: I'm, that's what I'm saying. But they're all Cavendish. But I do think that perhaps we are overstating the sort of the intellectual project at hand with regards to the mystery flavor of the Sour Patch Kids.
0: I think there like may I, be some I, strawberry I, in it. That's all I'm saying. There's something fruity in it okay. that's not like banana fruity that is – that I think – but, but I, mean, I could be wrong. I mean, if they're going to stick entirely, but I don't think they're going to stick entirely tropical because they mentioned the northern thing. So they wouldn't also have like, you know, pineapple or what in it. You know what I mean? It wouldn't be that, you know, but I like pineapple. You know, pineapple does not ripen once it comes off the, uh, once they, once they cut it. Mm. You know that? No. It's not what they call a climacteric fruit. It can change slightly, right? And they can hit. So, so here's the story with pineapples. If you look at a pineapple, you guys know how to pick a pineapple? You take the leaf in the middle or something. With a size. But that doesn't really work. Yeah, you smell it, right? Does it smell like a pineapple? Eh, it got a good chance. Because here's the thing. It's supposed to, it's supposed to go yellow. It starts going yellow at the bottom. If it's green all the way to the bottom and has no smell, it's underripe, right? But if you live in a place, if you're lucky enough to live in a place where they grow pineapples, they can let them get what's called like three quarters ripe, three quarters where it's like yellow almost all the way to the top. Right, But they just don't ship well. They don't last long. So they tend to pick them right when they get mature, but n- when they're still kind of shippable and they have a long shelf life, that's why most of the pi- pineapples we get just aren't that great. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so you sure, can look sure, at the sure. yellowness, but they can cheat the yellowness because they can ethylene gas the pineapples, and they will go yellow, but they won't necessarily get that much better because, again, they're not climacteric fruits. I also tried, which I don't think we've talked about on air because we haven't been on air. I tried one of those pink pineapples. You try one of those, Jordana?
5: Uh, you know what? I, I actually thought about gifting one of those recently—the pink pineapple—but um, they're like forty dollars, and then I felt dirty, and so I, I, I skipped it.
0: Mm. Well, I, skipped uh, it. I don't think I, I thought it was looked. I didn't pay forty dollars; I paid twenty. They had them at the Essex Market live. I was like, literally, I'd never heard of them before, and I was like, pink pineapple. And then I was like, I went to—I was like, how much is it? She's like, twenty dollars. So I was like, twenty dollars. And then, like, I went. I looked it up. I was like, "Oh, online, it's like forty dollars or fifty dollars." So I was like, "All right, I'll buy it." So I bought it because I smelled it. It smelled good. Cut it open. Beautiful. No acid. I don't like. I don't. I, I need acid in my pineapple. I'm an acid pineapple guy. I like acid in my pineapple. But mm-hmm. as I mm-hmm. said, if you like low acid fruit, maybe you would like it. Do you like low acid fruit, so. Jordana? You
5: know. The older I get, the lower the lower acid I like my fruit.
0: <laughs> really? Huh.
5: I think I think high acid high acid fruits are are a young
0: gal's game. Really? You know? What, yeah, well, so how's how that? About. So like I'll tell you, for me, I like uh I like my drinks drier, but I'm still mm. an acid head. I still could I still could take a lot of acid down. You know what? Can I say one terrible thing about acid? So Booker, sure. my son Booker, which I, you know, I, I shouldn't talk smack about my kids on the air, but Booker somehow real late, like years late, has been gotten interested in that damn warhead challenge again. You guys know about that stupid thing? Oh, wow. Damn, these yeah. Damn challenges. And so he went in. The and, warhead and, and, challenge. Yeah, the warhead challenge. So he sat there and he unwrapped a hundred warheads and he would just start eating them, like crunching these warheads. He 36. Wow. 36. And, you know, Booker, like, you know, he's not like a rough and tumble, like, I'm going to have my mouth bleed kind of a guy. Now, squid ink, he'll eat more squid ink than he, he. like, he could, you took him out to California when the Humboldt squids were taking over over there, and he would have taken down the entire population. He would have, all of it, all the ink. He eats, like, I swear to God, when my mom was making that, I, that, I was talking earlier, my mom was making this, uh. Spanish pasta, paella-like pasta, and she made it squid ink for Booker, even though he left early to get on the train because you know how he is. Anyway, so like I had to buy, the only container of squid ink that was available because my mom was like, I ran out of squid ink, can you get it? was at Calustian's, and they had only the $50 size of squid ink, and the $50 size of squid ink because you know, it's a good amount of squid ink. It's a lot, yeah. So she's like, take it home to Booker. I know how he likes squid ink. Every surface of my house now is covered in black filth from the squid ink, and the the, the sink is just mayonnaise and squid ink, because what he does is he gets a jug of mayonnaise. (laughs) I have to buy cheap mayonnaise. I can't even afford to buy Hellman's anymore because he just goes through like giant tubs. He'll just take mayonnaise and squid ink, mix them together with a little salt and sugar, and he'll just sit there and house it with chips. House it. Just house it. Like, and and so like, you want to hear something gross? Can I tell you something gross? You just did tell me something gross. Can I tell you something even grosser? Can I tell you something uh, even grosser? All
5: right. Yeah, go for it.
0: All right. He was like, It changed the color of my poop. (laughs) Because he ate only squid ink. He's like, squid ink's healthy. I'm like, no one has ever eaten this much squid ink, Booker. No one knows. No one has ever subsisted entirely on squid ink and mayonnaise before in the history of humanity. So nobody knows what it does to your health to eat this much squid ink. Because no one's eaten this much squid ink. Anyway. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I am. Speechless.
5: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Yeah. Good for you, bud. Yeah. Good for you, bud. Yeah. That, yeah. Is,
0: that is quite a snack. Hey, listen, do you, have any pumpkin pie recipe, uh, do you have any pumpkin pie recommendations? Because before we get cut off the air, John, John, did you have anything on pumpkin pie for, for his recipe? What do he put his filling? He gets canned filling. Yeah, he does. Yep. And so it's all trusting. Are you a canned filling? Uh, or, please tell me you're not growing your own cucurbits and then boiling them down and making pumpkin pie, are you? That seems like a lot
5: be honest i'm not like a pumpkin pie lover mm. i find i find most desserts that are like heavy on the all-spice nutmeg cinnamon lobby to be a little a little much for me
0: right right do you know do you, know, I, do you, you, you like, like whipped cream
5: i love whipped cream i just want a pie that's made
0: entirely of whipped cream yeah. see i like pumpkin pie with copious whipped cream i don't like it without the copious whipped cream
5: Huh. I think that you don't like pumpkin pie. I think you like whipped cream. I think you like pie crust. And I think you tolerate the pumpkin filling.
0: Mm, no, here's the thing, right? I, what I would like is I would like to kind of invert the ratios. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I love that mm-hmm. pumpkin flavor. And I even like the texture of it. But I would like the vast majority of what goes into my mouth to be whipped cream. Like, pretty much all the time. From, from pretty much all the time. I would. God's
5: ears.
0: Yeah, yeah. I love so whipped
5: cream. you... you you just have like a tiny little spoonful of pumpkin pie filling, just an absolute orgy of whipped cream. While your son eats squid ink
0: mixed with tubs of mayo and sugar. Have you been to my house for dinner? Because this is basically what it's like. Like people, people joke because I, I go been crazy. To your
5: house and made dinner. Yeah. I've I've made dinner in your in your kitchen.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah, I wasn't and there, and and Nasta- there. That, that's when Nastasia punked. A pregnant lady into insulting my vacuum cleaner when I had let her stay for free in my house. Kara. Kara. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
5: Kara. That was also when I almost died on the zip line, if everyone recalls. Oh yeah. That video footage of my body going slack in the woods.
0: Yeah. I, I made a very I made a nice zip line. Anyway, uh well, so, so you can <laughs> stay stand on if you like, but I gotta give this pumpkin pie recipe. What is it, John? Give me it.
2: So it is it's on page ninety five and Pie Marches on. And the recipe, so for the cru- pumpkin filling, two-pound sugar, one-ounce salt, four-ounce pastry flour, one-ounce cinnamon, quarter-ounce nutmeg, quarter-ounce ginger. Um,
0: yeah, that's why that's yeah. why uh, Jordana's not a, like, all that nutmeg. You don't mind the ginger powder, though, right? Jordana's still there? We lose her. Oh, sorry.
5: Hey. Yes, I'm still here. I muted you so I could discuss my child's nap. Oh, but no. I, I'm, 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 in the, I'm in it. I'm in it. I love a candied ginger.
0: Oh really? So you like a more more a uh, a hot ginger and not like the ginger powder that's in the in the stuff. Right. Yeah. The
5: the pie you're describing, John John, don't have me over. It's not Wow. I'll be nice. I'll be nice about it at the dinner, but then I I will talk about it afterwards.
0: Damn. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> well, that's rough. Wow. Ouch. Jeez Louise. All right. All, All right. right, we gotta get off. Yeah, and All right. All right. shout outs. Bye, Joe. All right, hold on I gotta I gotta do oh, this one because I gotta get the Patreon question out. Adam wrote in, uh, hey Nastasia, John, Matt, Dave, at least anyone who's not in Italy. Uh long time, first time, uh, Adam from Irvine, California. Where's Irvine again? Valley. Uh, Bali. Okay. You like Irvine? No. Go okay. to the question. Uh 34. Uh, wife puts up with cooking gadgets and projects as long as I don't make any more overcarbonated root beer geysers in the kitchen. Oh, that's a nasty. And root beer also. Like, it poisons all the lines. They smell like root beer forever. Well-known fact. I'm setting up a small patio kitchen. What are your thoughts on, instead of a grill, getting an uni 16-inch pizza oven? 70% of my use case is for grilled veggies, 20 for naan, 10 for burger, uh, and fajita meat on cast iron pan in there. Basically, I don't actually uh, barbecue, just grill. Second question. I'm also thinking of a portable induction burner for side dishes and maybe a hot pot. It looks like Duck's Top is the widely trusted brand, but New Wave Gold has better advertised temperature range. Uh, and added infomercial allure. All the reviews I can find online seem sponsored on the slide. Thanks for all the answers, rants, raves, and banter. Adam, this question is actually from a while ago, I think, and we just never got to it. Uh, I looked up those uh, induction ranges, and um, the temperature range of the one that had the wider temperature range I think was wildly optimistic. I think just, I don't think it's going to be uh, any any better. They're all roughly the same unless they actually have accurate uh, accurate temperature control. Uh, But I think you can't go wrong. I've never used the uh, uni myself, but I'm a huge fan of get that and then also just get a grill so you can do grilling. I do almost all of my grilling over ridiculously high heat. Uh, I've redone all of my recipes fundamentally to have extremely high heat cooking. And in fact, uh, two weeks ago, I just did a a photo shoot for that section of my book. Uh, And it's it's the section of the book is what I learned from cooking in a tandoor. What I learned from cooking in a in a tandoor: the miracle of moisture management. And uh, next week on the show, uh, we have we'll try to get to some of the questions, maybe uh, that you know weren't from the Patreon listeners. But next week, make sure you tune in. We have Pierre Chom next week uh, from uh, Yolele Foods uh, and his restaurants and Taranga here, uh, friend of the show, great guy. Uh, we're having him on ostensibly to talk about what it's uh, what it's like to start a food business, especially one that does kind of import export. So bringing food uh, from Senegal over here, the trials, the tribulations, and the rewards thereof. I had a dream, did I tell you this, Stasia? I had a dream where Pierre became a billionaire. Oh
3: yeah, you did selling
0: frozen foods in supermarkets. And it was like, you know, like, you know how Paul Newman's face is on everything in the supermarket? It was Pierre's face on everything. and He was a billionaire off of his frozen food. So we'll ask him next week. He's going to be on. So send in any questions you have about Senegalese food. We were going to do it before, but we were switching networks. And so we didn't want him to get, like, lost in the shuffle. So he's coming on uh, next week. Uh, Any questions about Phonio, starting a business, foods from Senegal, uh, you know, what it's like to be Pierre. Send them to us. Cooking Issues.